Alhamdulillah, 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 ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العبدة من لساني يفقه قولي درشي بالله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an Was very strict on issues regarding innovation or bid'at Innovations or bid'at He never compromised, he gave no leeway to anyone who practiced something that was not accounted for by Rasulullah We have one beautiful example in all the books of a hadith even Imam Bukhari has recorded this event in his Sahih Hadrat Abis says رأيت عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عن يقبل الحجر. I saw Hazrat Umar رضي الله تعالى عن walking to the direction of Hajar al-Aswad. Hazrat Abi says there were many people in that area of Mataf. Mataf is that zone on which people perform Tawaf. When people were informed, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab is in the mataf and has made intention to make tawaf of the Kaaba and he started off by kissing the hajr, the black stone everybody gathered around him many thousands were around him Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab kissed the black stone and he stood in front of the hajr and a very important statement was made by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was someone who was very visible Allah had even given him this natural voice which was very loud but very intentionally he looked at the hajar and he said to everyone around him inni la'alamu annaka hajar verily I know that you are only a stone a very strong statement in the mataf, people around him pointing at the black stone and saying, I know that you are only a rock, only a stone. Hajar, patthar ko kehate. Inni la'alamu annaka hajar, that you are nothing but a stone. La tanfa'u wa la tadurru. In essence, you have no power to harm anyone or to benefit anyone. And then he said, if I had not seen 
رسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم رسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کھس یو عمر فاروق وڈ ہیو نیور ایور کھسٹ یو عجیب اسکالر ہیو مینشن ایوری ایکشن آف حضرت عمر اسپیکس ملینس آف ورڈس اللہ ہیڈ گیون ہم دس گفٹ آف فار سائٹیڈنس اے مین ہو وڈ اسپیک ایٹ دا رائٹ ٹائم ہی وڈ ناٹ مس این اپرچونیٹی ٹو ہٹ دا نیل ایٹ دا رائٹ ٹائم بے وقوف اس آدمی کو کہتے ہیں کہ ہو پیز نو اٹینشن ٹو ہز ٹنگ ہی اسپیکس وٹ ایور ہی ونس ایٹ اینی ٹائم سعید نا عمر ابن الخطاب واز ویری فاسٹ ہی وڈ اسکین کوکلی ٹو دا رائٹ ٹو دا لیفٹ ان فرنٹ بیک اینڈ ہی وڈ اسپیک ایٹ دا رائٹ ٹائم اینڈ اٹ وڈ میک این امپیکٹ فار ایوری ون ناٹ اونلی دا پیپل ان ہز ٹائم بٹ ایون فار دا امہ ٹوڈے مورخین ہیو مینشن ہسٹورینس دا ریزن وائی حضرت عمر رضی اللہ تعالی عن میڈ سچ اے پاورفل اسٹیٹمنٹ ان فرنٹ آف دا حجر حجر الاسود از بیکاز مینی آف دا پیپل بہائنڈ ہم ور کانورٹس ریورٹس ٹو اسلام نیو مسلمس ہی وانٹیڈ ٹو میک شیور دیٹ دا لو فار idol worshipping love towards idol worshipping is completely deleted from their minds and souls <coughs> at times what would happen is that you have been transformed you are a new person you've done toba taib istighfar <coughs> but then if somebody talks to you about something of the past straight away if it is a vice wrong then the shaitan will take you back to that period of guna sins and he will want you to experience that that which was not legal in islam so he wanted to make sure that all of these new arab bedouins who have embraced islam they have a very strong foundation on tawhid no traces of the old pagan customs of worshiping the idols ab to ye sare mushrikeen the na So very clearly he made an announcement that look this is just a stone inni la'lamu innaka hajar that you are just a stone la tanfa'u wa la tazur you have no capacity to harm anyone or to benefit anyone ulama have mentioned the words the latter parts of that statement is even more important sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an did not give a logical explanation as to why we kiss the stone the patthar ko chumna bosa dena kya hikmat the rationale what is the logical reason of kissing a stone the only reason that he gave which is the foundation of every believer in his aqeedah he clearly said that it is sufficient for a believer to accept everything which is performed by rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he needs no wisdom he needs no logical explanation the level of iman must be to 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 such a degree that whatever rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam has done he accepts that without questioning okay. rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam kissed the hajar the black stone 
We don't need to delve into the hikmat, the wisdom, why. Alhamdulillah, scholars are full of answers. They have given reasons. But as a believer, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's great sahabi is explaining here, the main reason should be that it is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so much trust must be with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that everything around you can be wrong, but Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam can never be wrong. This should be the aqeedah. Subhanallah We have different ahadith on the same subject, Hajrul Aswad, in which Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself has given one or two reasons as to why a believer will get so close to Hajrul Aswad. In one hadith, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, Nazalal Hajrul Aswadu minal Jannah. This stone came from Jannah. The black stone was brought from Jannah. Wahua ashaddu biyadam minal Laban. In color, it was white, even more whiter than the color of milk. Dood says Yada Sufair. Fasawwadathu khataya ibn Adam. The sins of Banu Adam, the children of Adam alayhi salam, have blackened this stone. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put something in this stone, some substance, that it absorbs the sins of believers. And that is why Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said, you must kiss the black stone. It is a form of istighfar. When you repent, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies you. This is also one method of purification. So when you kiss the black stone, it takes something from you. It does take away something from you. That is what Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said. That it was white and because of the sins of the believers, it has become all black. It has taken everything inside. Warna yeto jannat ka patthar. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it two eyes, a beautiful image. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give it a tongue. And it will bear witness of every individual who came close to it, did istilam or kissed it. It will give gawahi, it will testify, and it will do shafa'at of those individuals that have kissed it. Anyone here who's had the opportunity to kiss the Hajar al-Aswad? Hands up. Hands up. Bhai, chanda kar Don't worry. Don't worry. Bhai. No 50-50 pounds cashing out here. Hajar al-Aswad? MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Mustaqil jihad, ah? Jana. I remember once we had an opportunity. There was this brother from Afghanistan. And he sat next to me and he looked at my pagri and he looked, I looked at his pagri. There was a difference, a lot of difference. So he started speaking to me in Arabic. He was a madani living there or working there. He said to me, Molisab, have you ever kissed the black stone? I said, never. I'd love to kiss the black stone. Hamari admi. Or mare She said, Acha Molana is a Pathan version. He said, stand up, stand up. I said, where are you taking me? He said, no, let's go. And literally this man just put his hands like that. And he just went forward. <laughs> and I was there in front of him. And without pushing, and it, would, it would not be right for me to say there was no movement at all. You have so many people there. 
but no fights nothing of extreme nature of fighting nothing like that but just went and kissed the black stone subhanallah so it is a mission nowadays this is going back many many years during the days of Darulum but nowadays it is even more harder to go and kiss the black stone but if you kiss the black stone in the hadith it comes on the day of Qiyamah it will give gawahi it will testify and it will do shafa'at for you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq but a very important statement that comes out from the mouth of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala he gave no explanation all he said we saw Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kissing and that is enough for us that is our iman whatever he has done it is a path that leads to Jannah <coughs> and that is why there is so much reward for that person who performs Hajj Hajj Mabrur Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said Laysa lahu jaza illa al-jannah there is no jaza except for Jannah why? everything about Jannah passes the human intellect now somebody might say why do you want to do tawaf of the Kaaba seven times walking around it a non-Muslim what can you tell him what are the reasons logically every, everything about Hajj is something that perhaps the human mind cannot accept what is the reason why do we have to spend the night in Muzdalifa cold few hours in, in Muzdalifa why what is the reason of going to Mina? What is the logical reason where Huzur alayhi salatu was salam said, Al Hajju Arafa, bay Hajj to Arafah. If you haven't passed Arafah, your Hajj is incomplete. Now, what is Arafah? Arafah is just an open, vast land, nothing. But yet so much worth and value. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, You want to become a Haji? You have to spend even a few seconds in that area of Arafat then you are a Haji otherwise you are not a Haji what are the logical reasons now Alhamdulillah ulama have explained but as Muslims subhanallah our Iman and Yaqeen is such it is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is a means that will bring individuals closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we do tawaf, if somebody asks you, why not 10 times? Why not 11 times? Why not 13 times? Why not once? Why 7 times? As Muslims and also human beings, non-Muslims, we share some qualities. The five senses. Muslims have the five senses. Five senses and also non-Muslims have the five senses. Muslims are one step ahead with the five senses we believe in the Quran and also the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa so if something of the five senses is against the Quran and the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa we as Muslims will reject the five senses and will uphold the Quran and sunnah this is not the case of a non-Muslim. For, for a non-Muslim, he hasn't got that platform of Quran and Sunnah. He hasn't got that platform. That is the difference. Fundamental difference. We have the five senses, but he hasn't got the Quran and 
sunnah. So the Muslim, he will only look with the Quran and sunnah. A good Muslim, a pious Muslim. He will see that these are my five senses, this is what my mind is saying, but this is what Quran is saying. Now somebody is angry, and Allah saved us all, in his anger he said to somebody, to his wife, by one thousand talaq to you. How many? One thousand talaq to you. Wholesale talaq. And then he makes up source and he comes, and then he thinks that this is what my intellect is saying, this is what my mind is saying, this is what my nafs is saying, but this is what the Quran is saying. What do we do? If he follows his nafs, he is from the dalin, he has deviated. So he has to follow what the Quran, no matter what the sacrifice, no matter what the sacrifice, he has to uphold the Quran and Sunnah. And that is a sign of quality iman. Now Sharia says that you can't have dogs. Generally, as Muslims we won't have dogs because of the saliva. Napaki. Of course there are circumstances. We won't go into the masail where there is jawaz at times. You can have dogs for safety. Like in some of the countries you have dogs. But generally as a pet, Muslims don't have that. Now if somebody says to you, a dog is the man's best friend. The dog is the man's best friend. Well, it is going to be the man's best friend because your wife is not your friend anymore. Your children don't respect you anymore. Your family members don't respect you anymore. So where do you turn to when it comes to peace, solace, tranquility? You haven't got the Quran and Sunnah. You haven't got the zikr of Allah. You've got shirk. So what can you do? So you buy a cat and you'll buy a dog. And so one of the signs of Qiyamah is that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said a man will honor the dog more than the human being. This is in the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So if Islam is a religion of mercy then why do you reject the dogs? So we have the five senses, we have the mind saying one thing, but then we have the Quran and Sunnah saying something to us. So if it contradicts with the Quran and Sunnah, you close your eyes and you say, Oh, nafs, shaitan, sorry, I can't uh, compromise with you. I can't compromise with you. This is the fundamental difference. And this is what Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an said in the very beginning where you had people who were new to Islam. That this is just a stone. Yes, we kiss Hajarul Aswad. We have honor and respect. But we worship who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we go to Arafat and we do Tawaf. And isn't it funny when we do Tawaf, how do we start Tawaf? Clockwise or anti-clockwise? Anti-clockwise or clockwise? Bolene, Anti-clockwise. Really, everything of a blessing is anti-clockwise. When you, when you study astronomy, even the planets float in that sequence of being anti-clockwise, counter-clockwise, except for the man who invented the watch. He was a fool. For him, everything was clockwise, you see. Now, if, you, if he was a Muslim, if he was a Muslim, he would have designed the clock being going anti-clockwise because this is a system of Islam anti-clockwise we do tawaf but we do tawaf but we do tawaf 
گری کی طرح تو دے آر ریزنس الحمد للہ دے آر لاجیکل ریزنس وائی وی کین وی کین ایکسپلین سو اف ایٹ واز مسلم الحمد مسلم ہیو بین رائٹ ایٹ دا فور فرنٹ وین اٹ کمس ٹو انوینشنس اینڈ دیٹ از وائی آلویز سی واچ شوڈ بی وون آن دا رائٹ ہینڈ وی ڈونٹ ہیو ٹو ویئر اٹ ان دا لیفٹ ہینڈ بیکاز اٹ از دا مارک آف عز اینڈ اینی تھنگ آف عز شوڈ بی وون آن دا رائٹ ہینڈ سو وی وین وی پٹ آن اوور کرتا دا فرسٹ ہینڈ دیٹ گوز ان از دا رائٹ دا ازار دا فرسٹ لیگ دیٹ گوز ان از دا رائٹ دیٹ از دا سن آف نبی کریم صلی اللہ وین ہی ووڈ پٹ آلیو آئل ہی ووڈ پٹ آلیو آئل فرسٹ آن دا رائٹ اینڈ دین آن دا لیفٹ وین ہی ووڈ پٹ سرما اٹ ووڈ بی آن دا رائٹ فرسٹ دین دا لیفٹ ایوری تھنگ از رائٹ پریفرنس از گیون ٹو دا رائٹ سو آن ون سائڈ یو ہیو لاجک اینڈ آن ون سائڈ وی ہیو واٹ یو کال نقل دا قرآن اینڈ سننا of the Quran and Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one other example if one was to prostrate as a Muslim to a human being would that be correct? koi admi kisi ko sajda kar sakta? you can't you can't Musa bai saying no nay nay you can't okay but yet Jibreel alayhi salam did sajda to Adam alayhi salam Jibreel alayhi salam did sajda to who? Adam alayhi salam. What a great malaika, Jibreel. Jibreel, Mikail did prostrate to Adam alayhi salam. Never mind the four great angels. All of the angels did sajda to who? A human being. Now that is logically in our sharia that is incorrect. But when it comes to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our rules and regulations don't apply because that is the direct hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is Allah commanding the malaika, fasjud, do sajda, do sajda, usjudu li Adam, do sajda to Adam alayhi salatu wa salam. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an Allahu Akbar, the in intellect and the intelligence given to him he was an incredible man as far as bid'at kufr shirk was concerned he made sure that tawhid was in the hearts of every individual now the first day of office Hazrat umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an becomes huh, the khalifa ajkal who has taken the place of mr bleh mr brown What's his full name? Gordon Brown. Mr. Gordon Brown. Now what has he done in his office? The first day of office. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an comes to Khilafat. Now imagine what a man he is. The first thing what he does is he says, yes, I'm going to fire Hazrat Khalid bin Walid from his position. Can you picture the, the level of, of uh, intelligence of this great brain given to uh, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala? The first action during the entire khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, who is the leader, the, the, the commander of Muslim military, Islamic military, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. As soon as Hazrat Umar comes in, he says, rise. He calls Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and he says, that's it. I'm moving you out from this position of being uh, the leader, the general for the Muslims. 
Subhanallah. Now, what an impressive leader Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was a dynamic man. He was so powerful and swift that if he was in, on one side, and we talked about this in the Khilafat of Abu Bakr Siddiq, if he was on one side of the battlefield, the kuffar would say, yes, we've got him now. He was so fast, in a few minutes he'd be on the other side. It is said about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, he would never sleep and he would never let people sleep. He wouldn't sleep and he would never let people sleep. He would rock the battlefield. They couldn't catch him. Ajib Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him that power. Very, very, very powerful man. When this decision was heard amongst the Mujahideen, they couldn't understand Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And they thought that he is breaking everything. Huh? Everything that was worked for by Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. And a few seconds everything will come down if this decision is taken. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid comes. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and make, makes it clear to him. That I want all of you to understand. I have not uh, deposed him from his position because of any breach or betrayal to the Khalifa. The only reason I move him from his position is that I have seen that at times you have taken the image of Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala an to be a fitna for you. Now not the Urdu fitna, the Arabic fitna, it is a test for you. People were actually saying that it is Hazrat Khalid bin Walid that designs victory in the battlefield. He is the creator, he is the one who does everything. He is the one who makes victory. And it, it so happened that everybody would talk, Oh, we one day Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala did not like that. And he stepped in. Again on the subject of Aqidah. You see, uh, sentiments did not overtake Hazrat Umar Farooq. Feelings did not overtake Hazrat Umar Farooq. He was very open. For him it was the Qur'an and Sunnah. He did not shy off from making a decision. And so he said that every victory is attributed to Khalid bin Walid, which I see to be wrong. All of you must say victory comes because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now I want to show you that when I remove Hazrat Khalid bin Walid from his position, if you adopt taqwa, Allah will still bless you with victory. And that was the case. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah took the position of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and in the ten years of the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and Islam spread so far that perhaps it did not reach as far in any of the other periods of Khilafat. This was done in the Khilafat of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-Khattab. So he was extremely careful. Very, very careful. When it came to Bid'at, he knows that shaitan does not uh, put uh, a full dose of kufr and shirk inside a person. He does it slowly, 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 slightly twisting the fingers, slightly twisting the fingers, uh, and then slowly, slowly taking the arm. Even if it takes years for kufr, shaitan's got all the time. Musa alayhi salam went for his jilla. Where did he go? For his Chilla. Where did he go for Chilla? Tell me. Where did he go? India, Pakistan, Africa. Where? Mushtaq. Where did he go for his Chilla? 
He went for 40 days to the mountain, an invitation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He left the older brother in charge. What was his name? Harun alayhi salam. Musa to yaha baithe huye. Or Harun alayhi salam was older, but the younger one got khilafat. Nabuwat, sorry. And so he said to Harun alayhi salam that you are in charge. Make sure you see Banu Israel have this habit, a tendency to move very quickly. Look after them. Very quickly. وَاتَّخَذَ قَوْمُ مُوسَى مِنْ بَعْدِهِ مِنْ حُلِيِّهِمْ عِجْلًا جَسَدَ اللَّهُ خُوَارٍ Allah says, Musa alayhi salam went, not even complete 40 days. A few days had passed. Banu Israel, O kutte ki dum, teri ki teri hoti hai na? And they started complaining to Harun alayhi salam, Oh, your brother has abandoned us. He's not going to come back. You see, he's gone. We want to worship what our forefathers worship. We will also worship idols if we need to. Ajib. Shirk. How it comes? How the shaitan works? Musa alayhi salam is there to receive the message. Harun alayhi salam is there looking after Banu Israel. And you have one goldsmith. One goldsmith. Not from Melton Road. Uska naam tha Samiri. Kya naam tha? Samiri. Bole? Samiri. Now this Samiri... Again, he was the enemy of Musa alayhi salam. He was the man who had taken all the treasure and the gold of Banu Israel. He molded the gold and uh, made this golden calf, an image of a golden calf for the people. Archi is gold me bani hui, a golden calf. And what he did in a bag, he had this sand which he collected from beneath the feet of the horse of Jibreel alayhi salam. Long story. So he took that sand and he inserted that sand in the mouth, from the mouth section of the calf. Now, shaitan is there. It's not difficult for him to make noises and to move something. So as soon as the sand was inserted into the calf, this golden calf started moving and making noises. So Samiri said that, look, Musa has gone, he has abandoned all of you, now you listen to me, this is your God, worship this golden calf. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the kalam, that Banu Israel started worshipping the calf. And when Musa alayhi salam came back, ghazab mein, Allahu Akbar, and Musa alayhi salam got hold of the beard of Harun alayhi salam, said, Harun, what have you done? Allahu Akbar, they could not tolerate shirk. And Harun alayhi salam says, Yabna Ummah, la ta'khuz bi lihyati wa la bi ra'si. Look, don't hold my head and my beard. I will explain everything. These people wanted to kill me. And before I could take any action, I thought it is better for me to wait for you. But again, a brief account of how quickly huh, this tendency of shirk is inside human beings, that slowly this man can deviate from the straight path. And so what he does is that he starts from presenting bid'at. Bid'at. He puts bid'at in front of you. And slowly when you do bid'at, then slowly that will lead up to shirk. And you are actually doing bid'ah, but that is not bid'ah. It is now in the last degree. It is shirk that you are doing, but you don't even know that you are committing shirk. Now we have one great Nabi whose name is Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam. Whose name? 
according to our akabirin Daniel alayhi salam is a Nabi Qadi Tayyib sahab has mentioned him also in his khutubat let's take him to be a Nabi Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam it is said about him that once in one location due to flood during the khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab one grave was uncovered and in that area people would say that this grave is the grave of Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam in the biblical text it is known as the book of Daniel the book of Daniel you have the book of Samuel and then you have the book of Daniel Daniel they call him Daniel we call him Daniel now in the Bible Daniel the book of Daniel is the version of the signs of Qiyamah for the Christians all the signs of Qiyamah are in that chapter of the book of Daniel so Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam people in that area said this qabr is the qabr of a Nabi whose name is Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam when Muslims had conquered that part of the region Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam's qabr opened up now some of the Muslims looked at the body and they noticed that this body this mayit is completely fresh and so people were saying that this is the cover of a great Nabi whose name is Daniel alayhi salam. So there is a, a chance Muslims in that area said that this is the cover of Daniel alayhi salam. Why? Because Allah has made it haram upon the earth to eat the body, the ajzad, the bodies of Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. And therefore the body is intact. Now they did mashwara. They wrote a letter to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and what do we do? <coughs> Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Again, look at the thinking power of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and responded in the letter and he gave instructions He said that only two of you must lift up the body of Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam Say he is the Nabi, Daniel alayhi salam because you have to relocate him a place when you bury him again make sure that burial is done and performed only in the night only in the night and there is no one around you when you bury him make sure with his own grave there are extra 13 graves that you dig up also how many graves? 13 graves extra that you dig up so you put Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam in one grave and with that you also dig another 13 extra graves. As instructed, the governors were there and they said, right, this is where we will rest Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam in and around 13 extra graves. They took the body in the night, they rested Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam and at that time in the night all the uh, the 13 graves were also filled up closed not with someone who has passed away with dead bodies just filled up as a sign that this is a grave now ulama have mentioned Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an gave these instruction, instructions because he knew that if people were to find out that this is the grave of Daniel alayhi salam they would come and they would worship the grave of a Nabi so to make it hard what he did he 
buried Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam but did not explain to them the real location, the exact location and you also had other graves that were around. So if anybody came in that region and said, okay, where is Hazrat Daniel alayhi salam's grave? It would be very difficult. Why we don't know where it is. There are so many people here resting. So this was the hikmah of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. He did not allow bid'ah to spread in his khilafah. Did not allow. And today, you see our Barelvi brothers, at least I am calling them our brothers, they call us kafir. They call us kafir. And you go to Ajmer Sharif, Bombay, you go to any part of India and some of these parts in Pakistan, and literally, literally, Kabar Puja. What is it? Kabar Puja. Kabar worshipping. Kabar worshipping. Can you imagine if Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was alive today, what he would do? He told the governors to dig extra 13 graves. And Allah give jazai khair to our Arab brothers of Madinatul Munawwara and Makkatul Mukarrama. No matter what. No matter what. As far as the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is concerned, they are very strong. Very Strong, and they make sure nothing of uh, a wrong picture of worshipping human beings is portrayed in that part of the region. And that is why we have the cover of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, we have the cover of Hazrat Omar Farooq, we have the cover of Hazrat Uthman, but we don't know the location of Hazrat Ali. Where is Hazrat Ali? Yes, you will find historians saying that he is there, some will say no, he is there, some will say no, he is there. But these are all speculations. You don't really know where Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala is. Why according to some of these people, Hazrat Ali's position was like the position of a Nabi. Some would even literally worship him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way has saved this ummah. In a way has saved this ummah. And that is why today, subhanallah, Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will not find any traces of shirk with the Sahaba or for that matter even with Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this is the dua of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so we have to be very very careful whatever we do must be accounted for by Hazrat Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this is a very important lesson given to us by Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Allah Paak Mujhi Aapko Tawfiq De Wa Akhiru Da'wana Anil Hamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله والسلام تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك جو بيمار هه أنكِ لي شفاء كدواك در خاص كجاديه يا الله يا رحمن يا رحيم همالي اسمجلسكو قبول فرما الله همالي اسمجلسكو قبول فرما بعثني والوكو قبول فرما سنني والوكو قبول فرما بولني والوكو قبول فرما جو الله بیمار ہے ان کو شفا دے دے یا اللہ جو ہسپٹل میں ہے یا اللہ ان کو شفا دے دے یا اللہ جو دنیا سے چلے گی ان کی قبروں کو منور فرما جو پریشان حال ہے اللہ ان کی پریشانی کو دور فرما جو مقروض ہے یا اللہ غیب کے خزانے سے یا اللہ ان کے قرض کو دور فرما دے یا رحمان یا رحیم ہماری حفاظت فرما اللہ کریم ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ کریم ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ تو ہم سے راضی ہو جا اللہ کریم تو ہم سے راضی ہو جا اللہ ہمیں توفیق دے 
کہ ہم نیک اعمال میں مشغول ہو جائے گناہوں سے ہماری حفاظت فرما گناہوں سے ہماری حفاظت فرما اگر گناہ ہو بھی جائے اللہ ہمیں توفیق دے کہ ہم توبہ کرے توبت النسوحا وصلی اللہ تعالی علی خیر خلقی محمد و علی آلہ و اصحابہ و ازواجہ و ذریاتہ و اہل بیتی اجمعین برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین